we're talking about transition. We've been talking about preparation, getting ready for transition, or getting ready for what transition is a season of time. And I had, I mean, I had just very, this doesn't happen all the time, you understand, but it's happening more frequently than it does, now more than it ever has. But I've given the Holy Spirit permission to arrest me and change my sermon, change what I thought I was going to preach on at any given time. Does anybody else do that? You give, him, you give him permission to arrest you and change your plans for whatever you're planning on doing. Well, he did that to me this morning. I had a, I mean, just powerful, just powerful message. And it was about Habakkuk chapter 2. We may get into it, but it was about prayer and going into your watchtower and writing the vision and making it plain. And I'm not kidding you, I was sitting in my office just a few minutes. This morning I, I got into it, and then right sitting in that office, he said, okay, this is what I want you to talk about. This is what I want you to share on. But the Lord said, you can't have, because I had, I mean, I, I've got titles, clarity and purpose. Uh, get out, get up, get in, and get gone. That was one of them. Here's one, break out, break free, break in, and break I'm sorry, bring out, break free, bring in, and break out. And the Lord said, scratch through all of that. And I said, why? He said, scratch through all of it. He said, because none of that matters if you don't have intimacy. I'm asking the Lord for clarity. I'm asking the Lord for vision. Make the vision plain. Make it more clear. And there's a lot of things that he's showing. But this is what, and everywhere that I'm looking, everywhere that I'm reading now, I'm seeing it. Ephesians chapter 1, you ready? Paul, praying, writing to the Ephesian church, writes this letter. How many of you know that if the Bible is written to you, for you, that if there's a prayer in here, you can pray it over yourself. And this prayer, along with the one that is in chapter 3, and the one that is in Colossians chapter 1, which we'll get to in a minute, are prayers that you and I can pray over ourselves. I've talked about that and said that, but let me give you a different picture of this, okay? So Paul says this, verse 15, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Ready? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of His calling, what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and, next verse, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank You that You will bring clarity and insight into this Word this morning. I yield myself to the Holy Spirit. We yield ourselves to what You want to do, what You want to say in this place. We release that. We release our faith. Come on, release it with me. We release our faith. Take your Bibles and just say, I release my faith. 
I will receive everything from this word that you intend for me in Jesus' name. I pray, do not cease. He doesn't stop. It doesn't mean that he's always, always, always. It just means that he never stops praying this specific prayer. This is something that you and I could pray over ourselves daily, two or three times daily. Pray over our family. Pray over the church members. I prayed this over people. I prayed this over you. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The Lord said, the first thing that I started, the first thing that he prays is intimacy. That you and I would have intimacy with him. Come on. We're not talking about walking worthy of the calling. We're not talking about doing his will. We're not talking about anything. The very first thing that he prays was, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who? Him. That word knowledge is the Greek word gnosko, which means to know Him intimately. It's in fellowship with Him that you know Him intimately. He desires for you and I to know Him intimately. Listen to me. Intimacy comes before understanding. Intimacy comes before clarity. Intimacy trumps everything because if you have understanding without intimacy, that's religion. If you got clarity without intimacy, that's just knowledge. Intimacy will birth out of you, and the natural evolution of intimacy will birth out of you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of His will. But if you don't know Him, let me say it this way, because we live in the South, and everybody knows that you, if you're in the South, everybody in the South is saved, right? Right? Everybody's prayed, everybody's gone to the altar, everybody in the South. Let me say it this way. Maybe you're a Christian, and you don't know God. That's not even so much. I don't even know if that's theologically. But maybe Jesus said this. He said in, 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 in the end days, many will say, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not prophesied in your name? And he says, but I didn't know you. I'm convinced it's rare, but I'm convinced. I've come in contact with people that I believe that they don't know God. They know of Him. They know His Word. But they don't know God. When I was in, uh, when I was in college, I would meet a bunch of people. They knew a lot about God. They knew a lot about His Word. But they didn't know Him. Just because you've got an Instagram, just because... Just because, I don't even know, pick somebody. Just because you follow Kim Kardashian, that don't mean you know her. It's probably a terrible example. <laughs> but it got your attention. What's your favorite musician? What's your favorite, what's your favorite, listen, I follow a number of pastors 
on Instagram. And some follow me, but I don't know them. Hey, here, Stephen Furter, here I am. He was like, I don't, who are you? I follow you on Instagram. I read all about your stuff. But do you know him? Now listen to me. I'm not talking about a works knowledge. I'm not talking about something that you got to. I'm talking about do you know, have you had an encounter with him? And this is what God has really been unveiling to me. That we, the church, this church and the church global. But what we're going to focus on, what I'm seeing is four things. Encountering God. And it's based off of this and two other passages of Scripture. To an, that we want to know God. We want to encounter God. I'm not talking about praying a prayer. I'm talking about coming in to an intimate relationship with a Heavenly Father that loves us. That's what I'm talking about. That we would know God. That we would encounter God. The second thing is that we would find freedom. That's what he says first. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. In that you may know what is the hope of your calling. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That the eyes of your heart is what that literally means. That the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. God wants us to live a life of freedom. He doesn't want us to be in bondage. He doesn't want us to be knotted up on the inside. He wants our hearts free and clear because out of our heart will flow the issues of life. And if the enemy can keep you chained down to your issues he will you will always be chained down to your issues but when you realize that no matter how much you think you're in bondage freedom has already been provided freedom has already been provided and it's in that revelation that we live out of our Christian walk. The life that he's called us to live. It starts with intimacy. Turn to your neighbor and say intimacy. The next thing is finding freedom. you got to be free. Your heart's got to be free and clear. Are you free and clear? Are you free from whatever bondages hold you back? I'm not saying that stuff don't come up in my life. I'm not saying that stuff don't come up in Langston's life. I'm not saying that things don't come up in Brother Barry's life. But, ha- but we've learned that when we come up against these things in our life, Lord, we find freedom in it. We get freedom from it. But do you know where I see most Christians? Now, now I have not been doing this long at all. This August will complete seven years of ministry that we've been here. Now, I've been in ministry longer than that. I've been in ministry since um, 2000. So, what, six, 17 years. That's green. I, I was listening to um, Joyce Meyer. She celebrated 40 years of ministry. So I got a little ways to go. But can I tell you where most Christians are at today? They're stuck in finding freedom. 
either the enemy keeps the, the enemy keeps them in bondage because they listen to the lies of the enemy and they don't realize that their freedom is already. They think that you got to be totally, completely, 100% flawless before you do anything for the work of the Lord, and that's not it. Your freedom, my freedom, our freedom has already been provided. It's already been taken care of. That the eyes of your understanding would be like I'm praying that your eyes would be enlightened to that fact. I'm asking, even last night, Lord, show me, enlighten me. What it showed me, I want to, I want to know. I want to be intimately involved with you, but I want to know what is it. I want the I want the light bulb to go off in my head and in my heart. My heart, your head don't matter. Your faith will work in your heart with doubt in your head. It's not your head, I'm talking about your heart. Deep down inside, nobody knows that but you and the Father. Deep down inside. There's a lot of people that look like sinners, but they're really not. They just have not gotten out. They haven't broken out. They have not broke free because they don't realize the freedom that's available. But they're miserable because they love the Lord. They just don't know how to get out. And then on the flip side, there's a lot of people that don't know God and look like they walk in freedom. But they're in greater levels of bondage than the other person because they don't know Him. Freedom. Turn to your neighbor and say, freedom. That you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. You've got to, you've got to understand that you intimacy will produce enlightenment. Enlightenment will produce hope. It will produce in you a knowledge of what God's created you. Most Christians don't ever get past step number two. They don't, if I took a, they took a survey and 83 or 87 percent, I can't remember, 83 or 87 percent of Christians have absolutely no idea what their spiritual gifting is. None. Now if we're the body and we're supposed to function together, that means 87% of us are not functioning. You don't, we, don't understand, we, we don't understand what God has put in us, and so we never find. The two greatest days in a person's life is the day they were born and the day they find out why. Why were you here? Why were you put on this earth? But all of that flows out of intimacy. And he says this, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Listen to this. Which he worked in Christ Jesus, raised him from the dead, seated him in the right hand, far above all principalities. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over what? The church. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all. all. So our responsibility now is to embrace and discover our destiny, what God has created us. That's what every time I'm reading, that's what I'm seeing. Now, go to uh, Exodus chapter six. I'm going to take you back to the beginning, not the beginning, beginning, but when the children of Israel, where God spoke to Moses and said, "Take my people." Exodus chapter six. Intimacy comes before understanding. Clarity 
is a result of intimacy. Clarity of heart, because freedom comes when you understand when your heart is enlightened to what God's done. Hope comes when you recognize what God's put in you, your equipment, your you're found the things that God's when you realize what you're what you dis, you discover what God's done for you in you and what He wants to do through you. And this power is not just for you; it's for others. You ready? The Lord said to Moses, verse one: Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. No matter how much you think that the enemy's got a hold of you, it doesn't overpower what God has already done. You understand that he is a defeated foe. The only weapon he has is the weapon of deception. He keeps you, he keeps us in the realm of feeling rather than the realm of reality. Well, you know, Pastor, the reality is I don't have no money. Who said that? Your bank account? As if banks don't lie sometimes. You and I both know that your financial situation could turn around just like that. So what is the reality? The reality is that God's abundant provision has already been made available to it. But He keeps you and I in the realm of, well, you don't have it now. You don't feel like it. You and I know your feelings change at the drop of a hat. And we want to determine our life based on our feelings. Okay, everybody in here, before the 4th of July, before you leave today, we're going um, to take everybody on a uh, shopping spree. See, your feelings just changed. <laughs> what are we shopping for? See, I didn't tell you what we were shopping for. We're shopping for people. So when you leave here today, okay, no matter what you feel, examine how you feel right now. Just I'm giving you permission to yield to your flesh and say, okay, how do I feel right now? How do you feel right now? Don't say it out loud, just how do you feel right now? Now, when you leave here, what are you going to do? You're going to go home, you're going to go eat. How are you going to feel? Now that you know what you're going to do after you leave here, how do you feel? It changes. Thinking about what I'm going to do tomorrow. Then I think about what I'm going to do Tuesday. Your feelings are fickle. And so the enemy keeps us in bondage to our feelings. And God spoke to Moses and said this, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and God Almighty. But by, but by my name, Lord, I was known to thee. I was not known. I was not known. I was not known. That's the same word. I've also established my covenant with them. So see, your covenant has been established even though you don't know Him. To give them the land of Canaan and the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. It's all, guys, listen to me. It's already been provided. The promised land is ours. All that God has is ours. It's been given to us whether we know it or not. 
And I've also heard that there's groanings in the children of Israel. That sounds familiar, don't it? Whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Well, I just don't, I'm in bondage. I just don't like all this debt. I don't like all this. I don't like to go to, I don't like, I don't like, I don't, you're in bondage. Therefore, say, you ready? Here's the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is coming forth to us. You ready? I am the Lord. Not I am God. He says, tell this to them, that I am the Lord. Intimacy. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will rescue you from their bondage. Freedom. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. The word redeemed means to put back into its original place. That means he wants us to be functioning in our original condition that he's made us to be, which is in our gifting, in our calling. Discovering your purpose. And I will take you as, peop- as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the... You ready? And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as an heritage. I am the Lord. Embracing, encountering your destiny, what God's called you. Everywhere that I'm reading, that's what I keep reading. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, and then we'll... We'll close it on this. Revelation chapter 3. Now listen. This is In Revelation chapter 3, he's talking to the church at Laodicea. And it's representative of the church in the last days. What days do we live in? Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. And I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. His message still has not changed. So he says, behold, I stand at the, this is what I wrote. Behold, I stand at the door to knock. You're not trying to convince him to come in. He's already there knocking. He knocks before you and I even notice. He's wanting to show us things even before we realize that they're things to be seen. And I, like I said earlier, in the last days, that's even increasing. He's standing at the door and he's knocking. He's standing at the door and he's knocking. He's wanting to reveal things to us in a greater way. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's wanting a deeper revelation to come into our lives so that we see. And we just, I'm telling you, it is all over Christendom. It's like we're, honey, who's at the door? He's knocking before you even ask for him to come in. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. He's, we're not even talking about you calling him. He's knocking. He's wanting to come. He's wanting, 
He's wanting to come in in such a degree, with such a degree of revelation, that I promise you that if you will slow down for five minutes, get a notebook out, or your iPad, or your phone, or your computer, and just listen and write, he'll start speaking to you. Right now. He'll start speaking to you. may not be what you want to hear. But he'll speak to you. In the last days, your sons and your daughters will... He's crossing boundaries. He's crossing gender boundaries. He's crossing... He's taking every religious boundary out there and burning it, destroying it. Because he's not going to be put in a box. In the last days, which is the days that we live in, he's desiring to do these things. And listen, apparently he's talking. Because he said... Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice. So he's not just knocking. He's calling. He's speaking. Oh, Lord, speak to me. He's speaking. And I will come in and dine with him. Listen, this is, this is the end of the church. This is where he's, John is writing about the church of Revelation, about the times that we live in now, and he's standing at the door knocking. He's standing at the door knocking. I can't, I'm asking the Lord every week, it seems like, Lord, help me get this out. Help me get it out. Sometimes it's frustrating because what's in me, I'm trying to articulate it. That there's a deeper level of intimacy that God is calling you to and I'm saying wake up I'm saying shake yourself free from this mess that's in your brain shake yourself free from what religion has tried to put on you get rid of all that stuff all that negativity that's in your mind get rid of the negative stuff that's influencing your life get rid of it it's not worth it our time is so short here on earth and there's an urgency that he has created in us. And the urgency is that he's just saying, listen, I just want, I just want you to know me. I just want to get, I want you to get to know me better. See, when you start trying to perform and be a Christian without intimacy, it produces in you a fruit of religious, stale fruit. People can see it. But you know people that are being fake. That, that, that's the one thing that I do not want in my life. I do not want that in my life. The last thing I want is for somebody to think that I live differently up here than I do at my house. Because up here doesn't matter if that out there isn't in place. it's so easy to get caught up in this atmosphere come hear me preach can I be honest with you I don't really care about preaching what I care about is what's deposited on the inside of you I believe in preaching I believe that the word of God needs to be declared I believe that it needs to be taught But if there's no fruit, then I'm just flapping my gums. 
I don't want to be that. I don't want to do that. I've seen fruit. I've seen, I see lives being changed. But can I just, can I just be pastoral with you? There's an apathy. There just is. And I don't know, I really don't, I know how to overcome it, but I can't do it for you. All I can do is for myself. All I can do is declare to you. All I can do is bring some pastoral loving correction or loving adjustment or loving knowledge to you and try to help you. But I'm telling you, we as a people, Christians, have been apathetic for a while. The church is so much different than it was even when I was growing up. Now you're here. I'm not getting on to you. You hear my heart. I'm not getting on to you. But what I am saying, if you think that that apathy doesn't affect you, you're deceived. Because it's all around us. And if we don't fight against it, if we don't get out of it, if we don't help one another get out of it, it's easy to stay home. It's easy. It would have been very easy for me this morning just to be like, man, I'm tired. I don't want to go. But there's something inside of me that drives me to want to produce in you something greater than what your flesh tells you that you can't do. There's something in me that wants to call out the destiny of God inside of you. And so it makes me get up and causes me to come here and look at you. Some of you smiling and some of you don't. Some of you look like this and some of you look like it causes me to do that because I know that it's not me. It's the Spirit of God within me. It's the Spirit of God within you that will cause you to rise up. I don't want to play church. I have no interest in playing religious church. I have no interest in knowledge without intimacy. I don't care about any of that. I want, I want intimacy with the Father. I don't want to be one of the twelve. I want to be the disciple the Lord loved. I want to be the one that laid his head on his bosom. I want to be the one that says that wrote revelations because he was caught up into the third heaven. I'm just, I'm tired of it. And I've asked the Lord, I said, I don't want to be frustrated anymore. I'm asking you to give me wisdom and give me knowledge how we can change it. And I believe he is. And this is one of those ways. I'm not talking to, I'm not talking at you. I'm trying to talk to you. And I'm saying that there's more in you than what's against you. That this life that God has called us is more than just sitting here on Sunday mornings. It's more than just showing up on It's about doing something that God has called you to do and get out of this mentality that you got to get free. You're already free. Freedom is for the purpose. We celebrate our independence. Tuesday, we celebrate our freedom from the tyranny 
of the British Empire. And we signed the Declaration of Independence and said we will no longer be a part of what you're doing. We declare our independence. Now it was rebelliousness. And I've heard some people say that it was rebellion. I heard some people say that it was good. Can I just say it really doesn't matter? Why not celebrate our independence in Him? Every day should be a celebration of what God has freed us from and the independence that He has declared over our lives from the tyranny of Satan and the bondage of darkness. doesn't want you and I to live like this anymore. He doesn't want us to live in a spirit of bondage where we don't see the big picture. The big picture is that He's got so much for us to do and so many people to free and we don't have that much time. We're in the last days. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've done my best in trying to articulate what it is that you are saying. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's just honor the Lord. Stand to your feet. Father, I've done all that I feel like I can do. Not that I can't get better, not that I can't do it better. All I'm simply praying is that what has been declared today, that you would supernaturally move over it and deposit it into all of our hearts and produce something in us. You said uh, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but you give the increase. I'm asking you for that increase. I'm asking you that this second half of this year will be greater than the first half. I'm asking you that this second half of this year for New Covenant Church, also known as what you're going to birth, that as we transition and shut one down and birth the new, that you would make this second half absolutely beyond what we can think or imagine. I'm asking you for the city of Tifton. We're asking, we are asking you for souls. We're asking you for people that we can help them be intimately acquainted with you. We're asking you to help us to help people encounter you. We're asking you to help us to help people find freedom. We're asking you to help us to help people discover what it is that you've called them to do. And I'm asking you to help us to help all of us embrace and engage our destiny. Move upon the hearts of your people that we would step out like never before and engage like never before in an intimate knowledge relationship with our Heavenly Father, our Daddy, I'm asking you for that. We're asking you for that in the name of Jesus. How many of you want to know God?
Father, we want to know you more. So we determine and we pray. We release ourselves and we say, we're going to know you more. Withholding nothing, giving it all, everything. We're going to take this. Listen, take. Take it out for a test drive. drive off because what's in what what he's taken the place that he's taking you is better than the place that you're at I mean this is what I hear the Lord saying what have you got to lose what have you got to lose you know what Starting right now today, I'm going to do whatever I know. I'm gonna, this second year, the second half of this year is going to be better than the first. And I'm going to do whatever. What have you and I got to lose? What have you got to lose by really reaching out to the person that's in your neighborhood or the person that's in your... Or the man in your house. What you got to lose? Listen, you carry with you the Spirit of God and you can make it so uncomfortable for people around you that they either do one of two things. They either say, I want to taste and see or I don't. you got to get away from me because I just feel convicted. You can make it so difficult that the goodness of God just oozes out of you so much that people just fall down and go, what are you doing? I want what you have. Aren't you ready for those days? Because I am. I want what you got. Laurel, Grace, come on up. They are leaving for Africa. Saturday, right? Come on, elders. Y'all come on up. We're going to pray over them. Now, all of you, think you're spectators but you're not you're a part of this we're sending them so you're going to so stretch your hands forth towards them Father in the name of Jesus he's going to exceed your expectations he really is. I mean, you, your expectations, I mean, I've heard you talk about your expectations are up here. And something's going to, what was it that the Lord said when you got off the plane? Somebody said, who was it that said that? When you get off the plane, the Lord's going to begin to talk to you. When you set foot in Africa, it's going to be like, you better bring plenty of paper. Or have plenty of data, space, gigabytes. 
because he's going to talk to you and he's going to reveal things to you and you're going to be like, slow down. And he's going to be like, nope, I ain't slowing down. You better ride faster. And he's doing it for a purpose because he's making a deposit in you so that you'll see a bigger picture than where you're standing right now. And that's more important. So just write. Don't worry about what it looks like. Don't worry about how big it is. Just write. I'm saying dream. Let the dreams of God come out of you when you set foot. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare that over grace. That as she steps into this place, that it will be a flood of confirmation and words and direction for her life that she would discover your purpose in her life in a greater way. God is opening a realm of time where you guys will step into it and you've been specifically chosen. He could have chosen men. He could have sent anyone. And someone who stepped into Africa three years out of 20 years of disobedience and not listening. When my foot touched African soil, there was a spiritual thing that happened. You know, most of science actually says that life started there. In the continent of Africa, God saw fit to start life, civilization, man. And you'll see yourself generationally stepping back and you guys synergistically will bond there. You guys are entering into a relationship even together of discipleship, of trusting each other, of sowing into each other, of calling out everything that God has done for generations will now be put in you and it will prepare you right. for the next phase of your life yes. in terms of your future because you're going to be carriers of what God is going to download. You're going to bring those things back. You're going to bring back these gifts in your earthen vessels. And you're going to display. There'll be a new look that you will have. You'll look at things differently. You'll realize how sheltered we've, we've been growing up here in this area. But you'll also realize how good God is. And it will also give you hints to the rest of your ministry during this time here. Because you know you're both called to ministry. That's why he is sending you. He's sending you almost out as spies. Because I'm looking at two young, beautiful daughters of the kingdom of heaven. He could have sent strong men. But folks will look at you and don't think that there's much in you. But there's a download of power in you. And you can be trusted. And you will go with hunger and folks will draw you in and they will take care and they will nurture you as God begins and continues to sow. Your wildest dreams are about to come true. He has made provision for this time. He's also made provision for your ministry. It is already provided for even when you come back. It's going to be explosive when you come back. So make sure that you're journaling during that time and that season. He says, this is that. So go ready to receive, and not only to, to, to receive, but also to give. And you, you're, you're already seeing some ideas of the things that you plan to do, but he says, I've got excitement. I've got gifts that are wrapped up for you right now that you'll receive when you step there. So don't be distracted by the things that the people say about the way people look at you or what they even think. It's really not important what they think about you. It's who you are and what you carry. So we pray over you. We cover you from the top of your heads as we re release you out of this church and out of this body. 
We release you as part of our family. We release you as part of our ministry. We release you as part of what New Covenant Tifton is doing. We release you. But see, it is almost just like the tithe. When you send it out, it's going to come back. Multiply. And we'll be ready to receive you. We will pray for you daily as you go. That you don't get sick. That you don't get discouraged. That you'll take every opportunity while you're on that African continent. To sow into everyone that you see. And we await your return. We await your return. You are blessed. You are favored. We honor you because you've decided and made a decision to go. We bless your families. We bless your household. We bless your finances. And everything that you leave, you'll come back. And it will be even better. In the name of the Spirit, amen. I submit this to both of you. Just what I feel like the Lord's saying. And I say like my spiritual father in the faith used to say, I'm human, I miss it. So if this doesn't bear witness with you, then just throw it out. But what you thought was a good idea was really a divine strategy. Because what I've seen since you've been here sometimes trying to fit what God wants to do and the same similar package but what you're really doing is like an Elijah and an Elisha not that she's going into children's ministry I'm not prophesying that what I'm saying is there's something that you're going to be depositing in her and Jillian. She's taking two young. She's taking Grace and another young, uh, another pastor that's part of CAM, Joey Williams, uh, church over in Cochran, Georgia. Their daughter, who her and Grace are the same age, right? Just about going to the same thing. So there's a deposit that you're making. And all I see is that that's what your intent needs to be. Your intent needs to be impartation. Your intent needs to be, you need to think like Elijah. Let her think like Elijah. Let them think like Elisha. Think like Elijah. Because the the season of your life has changed. It's different. You've said that. Not just me confirming. You've said that. And so you're going to begin to see those things. I just hear the Lord saying that, you know, anytime that uh, you plan a mission trip, the main objective is to go and minister to, to whatever the need may be. But I just hear the Lord saying that not only are you going to go and minister, he said, but I'm going to minister to you in a greater way than I ever have before. You gonna, y'all are going to get ministered to. The Lord just going to download things, going to drop things in you, clarity, understanding, direction. He said, be prepared to be ministered to while you're ministering. Um, so at, at Destiny Kids Camp, I, I shared what I felt like the Lord had on my heart, and I felt like he wants me to say it again, but not so much so that you guys can hear it again, but so that the body can hear it. That I felt like the, the, the Lord 
put on my heart, primarily for Miss Laurel, but, but for all, all three of them, um, th- this was just the beginning. And you know, for Miss Laurel, I mean, she's been doing this for a while, but th- th- this is just the beginning of what God wants to do. And we play a part in that, you know. Maybe some of us have sown seed financially. Maybe some of us, we just get to support them in prayer. But not only do we get to support them, but we also get to be the beneficiaries of what God's doing in them, what he's going to do in them in Africa. But they're coming back. (laughs) Well, we hope they are. (laughs) Yeah, you'll bring her back. You know, you've said this many times, Miss Laurel, and and I really believe that this is the heart that God wants us to see, that, that God is a generational God. You know, he's, he's, he's not just God, but he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Like, he, he thinks generationally. That, that He doesn't just bless one generation, but he blesses for hundreds, you know, a thousand generations. So, <clears throat> I just declare that what God's doing here is generational. It, 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 it's not just going to touch those in Africa and the generations that are going to come out of that, but it's going to touch each and every one here and, and, and their kids, 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 <coughs> kids, kids, that, that, that God is stirring something up, his heart for the world and how each of us have a part to play in that. And I just thank, I thank the two of you just for, well, three of you, you know, Jillian's not here, but just for the obedience to just step out and say yes. That, that, that every, every sleepless night, every, everything, every financial, you know, whatever that's at least tried to knock on the door and, you know, try and cause something to, to well up in you, it's worth it. You know, if the trip would have cost $30,000, every penny would be worth it. So I just speak blessing over you right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> that what he's planned and purposed, everything is going to come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Y'all want to say anything? Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we thank you for what you've accomplished today. Lord, we just release all of it to you. We thank you that as we go, that we go in that intimate knowledge of you, that we go in in that um, finding freedom. We go in discovering what it is that you've called us to do. And we go in gauging our destiny in the name of Jesus. Thank you that we celebrate our independence as a nation, a nation under God, one nation under God, individual with life and liberty and the pursuit of God in our nation, that in God we trust, we celebrate that. Not just our, but the foundation of what this country was established for. One nation under God in whom we trust. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Listen, we won't have church Wednesday night because of the 4th of July week, and we're not going to have church next Wednesday for people traveling and vacation. So y'all enjoy your 4th, and we'll see you Sunday. Amen.